Welcome to Orangi Cybersecurity's Ask a CISO podcast. Come with us as we take a deep dive behind the scenes with the world's top cybersecurity leaders to get insights into security issues you care about. Before we take off, please help us grow by taking just a few seconds to like and subscribe to the podcast on YouTube, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. And leave us a review letting us know what you think of the podcast and how we can improve. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Ask the CISO Podcast. I am Jonar Marsan, Cyber Strategy Consultant here in Harangi. Today's guest is an extraordinary cloud security leader. He is the Executive Vice President of Cloud Security Alliance, Government Affairs. He has 30 plus years of ICT working experience in the public and private sector and was previously the Executive Vice President for APAC and Global Director of the CSA STAR program. Before that, he was the Director of the National Cloud Computing Office at the Infocom Development Authority, where he was responsible for developing the cloud ecosystem, promoting cloud adoption by government agencies, and private sector enterprises, and building a trusted environment, including developing the multi-tiered cloud security standards and cloud outage incident response guidelines. He was the deputy director of the National Grid Office of the Agency for Science, Technology, and Research, principal scientist at the Institute for Infocom Research, director of Knowledge Lab, where he supervised industry collaborations and applied R&D in machine language, translation, and other knowledge-driven efforts at the Kent Ridge Digital Labs. He was previously Deputy Director of Japan Singapore Artificial Intelligence Center, Deputy Director at Information Technology Institute, the Applied R&D arm of National, National Computer Board. He is also Fellow of the Singapore Computer Society, graduated from the University of Illinois at Urbana-Champaign with PhD and Master's degrees in Computer Science, and studied Computing and Management Science at Imperial College. So without further ado, let's all welcome Dr. Lee Hing Yan. Dr. Lee. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you very much for the warm welcome, Jonah. Appreciate it's it. An, it's an honor to have you as our guest here on our podcast. Um, as a cybersecurity professional myself, I, I'm really interested in, to dive into this topic. And I want to start with CSA. Can you tell us more about Cloud Security Alliance and what it does? Yeah, just to start off, to, to, to uh, avoid any confusion, we are not the government agency some of you may be associated with CSA with. We, we are Cloud Security Alliance. We are a global non-profit organization that seeks to do two things well. The first is to promote the adoption of best practices in providing security assurances in using the cloud. By that, we mean we want to ensure that people are confident in using the cloud, especially the cloud as a third-party provider, that they can be could be trusted to protect and secure your crown jewels, which is your data. So in doing so, we, what we do is we provide a platform for our Alliance members to come together. On one side, we have the enterprise cloud users. On the other side, we have the, the solutions providers to come together to discuss issues and challenges in cloud adoption. So especially enterprise users, they have a lot of teething problems to come to us and say, okay, this is a problem that we would like to be solved. So we get representatives from around the world, whoever you are, can come and discuss the issue. If sufficient interest, you can see a lot of mem members joining their working group. And hopefully the solutions providers also join in so that they ensure whatever solutions that came up, we come up with, any framework, any certification scheme would also work for them. So we, we can be assured that those results are accepted by both sides of the table. 
So this is one, one of the things we do well. We publish all these things in the form of white papers, reports that are freely available from our website. So you can go there and download whatever documents you would like so that you, to educate yourself on what has been discussed and uh, elaborated on. So the other thing we do well is okay, maybe I should also focus some of the re recent reports are the cloud incident response report, the risk associated with uh, hybrid cloud adoption, as well as ICS security. So as I mentioned, we have working groups and there at one point there are over 20 working groups actively working and you can go to our website to see their discussion which are open to anybody. And one of the things that we do well is a very well used uh, framework is called the CCM or the Cloud Security Matrix. It's currently in version 4. It started more than 10 years ago where the industry came together with CSA to come up with this framework which is the cloud-centric framework to list down the type of security controls which are pertinent in the cloud environment. Today, we are in version 4, which is 197 security controls under 17 domains. That has grown up quite a bit because as the technology advances, as we understand more of the risk, this list grows. And one of the interesting things about this list is people always ask me, must we apply all the security controls as in cloud usage? My answer is always yes. It's not too different from the recent COVID situation we, we have gone through. So we know that there's hygiene habits like wearing your mask, uh, applying hand sanitizers, safe distancing, washing your hands with salt and water. Or in some countries, they even say we don't use cash, we use electronic payment yep. to avoid contact. But th then the question you ask, do I then adopt one of these measures and not adopt two or choose to adopt some of this? But you don't write, you have to ensure that all these measures are practiced to ensure that it reduces your chances of getting covered. In the same case, in cybersecurity, you have to apply all the applicable controls so that you leave no gaps of vulnerability for the hackers to exploit. Because the good guys like us always have to make sure all this uh, have been taken care of. We have to be right most of the time or maybe all the time. The bad guys have been right only once and they find that little loophole and then they punch through and then actually trade right. all the ground jewels, they were in trouble. Yeah. Well, that's the uh, practice part of CSA. And uh, building upon CCM, we have STAR. The STAR certification is being used, make use of cloud service providers to ensure that they comply with the list of uh, security controls. And uh, if you go to our website, we have to date about 2,000 cloud services which have been listed according to CCM, the various versions, either CCM version 3 or CCM version 4 under the STAR certification. This is a good resource which your cloud users to go and reference so that when before you uh, you purchase, pro procure a cloud service, you know that what uh, is declared known uh, security in place and so that they meet your requirement. So that as a user, you don't have the expertise or the effort to actually go through all the requirements that are in compliance with your own list. So the other objective of CSA is education. We seek to educate users to use the cloud as a form to secure other form of computing. By other form of com computing, I meant things like AI, uh, big data, blockchain, IoT. Because we know that as the cloud becomes the infrastructure of choice by a lot of enterprises, these activities of computing will be undertaken on the cloud. And it's important to secure the cloud to, under to allow this to happen. 
So for this purpose, we do come up with training courses like Certificate of Cloud Security Knowledge, CCSK, and more recently, CCAK, where the A stands for auditing. This is intended for the individuals to raise the level of competency and understanding in cloud security and cloud auditing, to understand the risks involved in using the cloud. Because as uh, CSP is introducing more technology and more cloud services, it's important to assess the risk posed by such of these uh, new cloud services and to see whether they comply or acceptable by the organization profile. So it's extremely important. We also have short-term courses, micro, micro, micro training in zero trust, in desktop ops, as well as containers and Microsoft services. So I'll pause here for a while to see anything to add. You want to ask me? Yeah, I mean, that's, uh, that's very plenty of information. Maybe I'd, I'd like to start with, um, uh, you, you mentioned about adopting uh, best practices and talking about CCM, which is Cloud, cloud Controls Matrix. Yeah, I'm, I myself, I'm familiar with the version 3, but yeah, apparently there's now a, a, a newer version. May I know what's the difference jumping from 130, now you have like 200 plus controls in version 4? Okay, some of the controls are streamlined, some are actually new controls arising from uh, new technology like serverless computing, desktop ops, microservices, which are not known in version 3. But as this new, this, this new technology has come about because of cloud native, a lot of our enterprise users are concerned. What are the shortfalls? What must we be aware of? What must we look out for? So we have to include some of these measures in place for them. Uh, you see, interesting, CSA works because of our close mem uh, liaison with our members. Our members, a lot of them, the enterprise users, are very concerned in their cloud usage. So they push us to address some of these issues that they come across in their cloud adoption journey. We don't um, follow the same cycle as ISO, which, is, which uh, updates every five years. So as and when we have all these requests, we continue to address it and come up with controls. And then at some point in time, we package them together for a new release. Got it. Actually, I'm going to ask that question as well. You've mentioned ISO. I myself is familiar that there's an ISO 2717 and 2718, which is cloud security. Uh, you know, for cloud services and one for privacy. May I know, like, if I'm an organization, what's the difference between the CSA STAR program and then the ISO certifications? So what we have done, if you go to our website, is to see the mapping we have, done, we have uh, undertaken. We have mapped CCM to ISO 27017, CCM to 7018, and show where the differences are. So it depends which direction angle you look at because we tend to be a bit more holistic because ISO tends to be more modular. So when you talk about the other things like virtualization, there's a different standard that you have to add on to address some of these issues. So we don't try, so we try to make ours a bit more complete as a complete checklist. And if you look at some of the studies we made with respect to the top threats and case studies we did with recent data breaches, we also always measure it with respect to CCM. And we want to, we will highlight what the, some of the controls which are violated or which are overlooked in implementation by the enterprises. So every two years we issue this top threats report, and in an in between year we issue the deep dive report. So where we analyze particular uh, data breach cases which on which the previous years threats have been highlighted. So you have seen yeah. cases. You would read about Capital One, which is very well known. Yeah. Or Tesla, yeah. Or Telsco or that, and a lot of these big name Dow Jones, all this, they have suffered data breaches, and we have analyzed some of this with respect to the CCM. 
actually want to focus there. Although Capital One has been, yeah, you know, 2019, but as a mm -hmm. cloud security, you know, uh, leader in your field, what are can you share more about just an insight on what happened there and how could I've, you know, they have prevented that? We have some insight on Capital okay. One. Based on the study, the breach was a almost like a disappointment because they are the poster boy of cloud computing. They have a very good team in place. But what, from what we know is, although there's an involvement of an outsider or maybe an insider who used to work with AWS, but the cost wasn't really AWS, except for some patch that was made later on, but it's because of his knowledge. And there are a lot of things, for example, especially with the assignment of privileges to buckets, which were, which were over-assigned so that people could easily reach out to those data within the buckets, which was not the intention. As a result, you know that today most of people um, have advocated that buckets should never be uh, have uh, read access by the by uh, by default. It should not be allowed at all because people get lazy and do and overlook that. So there's there are several causes. So if you look at there was a list of the security controls which could have help us to prevent it from happening. Security controls that will help us detect it, and security controls that could have helped us to recover from. That, that data breach. So it's very thorough studies that, of course, such a study, studies are very hard to come by because we need a lot mm. of cooperation by the agent, uh, the company involved to share right. the needed knowledge. So it's worth reading. So don't go and download the search reports to understand it. And I'm, I'm yeah. looking forward to the next version where they also further study other new data breach cases. And, and that's interesting to me because, like, uh, on our side, we're also like aware of the top cloud security threats. And number one is always about misconfiguration. That's right. I mean, they have they have a comment there. Why is why is it always misconfiguration? That's number one. So one of the reasons is because um, uh, the cloud services always change the new features, right? It's difficult for the users to keep up, and the interplay of these new features could be an issue. So even if you are a very good team, if they are not mm. up to date, amiss all your firefighting you have to do, right. um, configuration issues could, could arise. Yeah, and in fact, from what I know, there is there are companies that specialize just on configuration, just to advise you on how to configure your uh, system properly, depending on which industry you're in. If you're in financial industry, they will do a audit and check that all the necessary configurations are done properly. But then with new yeah. features, you can never know because there could be a time gap in between things happening. Right, there should be a sort of like a dedicated team really like just focus on that. Or if you're you're subscribed to a product, like that product team or that product company should also have like an, you know, cybersecurity experts and engineering in-house like to always yeah. be up to date. And okay. also, and that, that is one of the case about uh, the risk is associated with clouds adoption because as a feature change the change of feature could be a risk to your the risk profile of your organization and you have to be aware of that so whenever the uh, csp introduces a new feature you need somebody to look at it and say what is the risk it poses to my organization what is my risk appetite for this particular risk is it acceptable to me or if yeah. not then how do i mitigate it right end of the day is always down to risk i'd, li yeah. I'd just like to shift gears here um although we're already like in post-pandemic 
but can you share your insight? Like, how was the cloud usage and cloud adoption during pandemic times? And then fast forward to today, 2023, how was it? So, if you look at backwards, we see that the pandemic is, in a way, a perverse manner, a blessing. Although it's not, not good things to say. Because yeah. it forces a lot of things to happen. Right. Cloud situation, it forces a lot of companies to go to the cloud. Because a lot of companies have been delaying going to the cloud. Except for during the pandemic, they ran short of resources, they ran short of hardware to continue business. So they were forced to go to the cloud because that's the only way to provision. It's not possible to go and order hardware and then wait for it to, to arrive and the supply chain delay. And then when they arrive to put together a team to assemble the data, the data center to, or the service together. So in that sense, it was a blessing in disguise. More people went to, to cloud, on the, the cloud bandwagon and there's greater cloud usage among those who are already using, using cloud. But that also has some problem. Mm. If you are using cloud for the first time, it means that you are a novice and you may not know, have the necessary experience and you may not even have the necessary uh, competency among your cloud, uh, your staff to handle the development or to input in place the security controls that are needed to. So what we observe is that some often the due diligence is done hastily because people say, oh, I'm going to use the cloud, so let's go and buy cloud services. But then you didn't go through the due process of evaluating the cloud services which are on offer and select one more properly with more due diligence if you had the time. So that part may have to be redone as, as an aftermath or you might have done your risk assessment in a very hurried fashion so it may not be done properly so the companies should have to look at it properly and ensure that in the aftermath of the pandemic they know the risk of the that cloud adoption with respect to the organization risk profile and whether they, the dev development is done right so the other systems secure so these are things which we, we should call you have done a lot of things, but you have to may you may have to do re, re undo or redo them. If you don't do that, you become a do do. You might go out of business because uh, your system could be vulnerable and a lot of gaps that the bad guys mm -hmm. may exploit. So yeah. there's something that's worrying, worrying some, But what it means is it actually accentuate a very important points we know all the while. We're always short of cybersecurity professionals anyway mm -hmm. pre pandemic. But now there's even greater shortage of cloud security professional. Right, right. I guess in retrospective uh, on that pandemic and post-pandemic, what do you think? Like what went, what went well, and what could have been done better during that rush? I think what we tried to do, at least from CSA angle, we tried to provide opportunities to learn about cloud security. So we work with government agencies in Singapore, Malaysia, Thailand, and Philippines to give out learning management systems tokens to CCSK so that based on the criteria of the candidates, the respective government agencies select candidates who they think should be uh, given those tokens to learn more about cloud security. And in some countries, what they did is they, they insisted that the tokens be given to lecturers and teachers who will then in turn be able to teach students and the, the industry. Like train the trainers. Yeah, yeah train, train the trainers. And some, in some countries, they say, no, we need to give the industry immediately because they are, they're having problem. Let's deal with the trainers much later. So different countries have different policy and assignment. So we are happy to help so that people, especially IT professionals who are 
working from home who have nothing better to do can spend the time fruitfully, productively learning about cloud security and hopefully become useful to the employers or to the country uh, as they come to grips with cloud computing adoption. Got it. Is there like um, a profile for a person that, hey, with your traits and qualities, you're perfect to become a cloud security professional? Is there something um, like that or anyone can just take it? We don't have that requirement, although we thought, of, of course, it's always useful to have some IT background. But it is interesting that for people who have come to attend our courses, there are some, many who do not have IT background. If some of the people who attend CCSK are lawyers. Interesting. So you ask, who would lawyers okay. want to come? Yeah. Is, we have to know about what cloud computing is so right. that we can advise our customers in going through the service level agreement, SLA. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. And they would so, come to understand the theory part. They wouldn't do, do the, the hands-on lab. They ah, okay. And they don't even bother to take the exam because that's not so important. They just need to understand the lingo. And, yeah. and also, there are people from the auditing field. So if you're an internal auditor, sometimes you need to understand the terminology so that you can advise your organization as it becomes a cloud adopter. And therefore, they need to ensure that the internal risks are being addressed by the procurement process. So these okay. are the non-IT people who needs to know about cloud security, who wants to attend the courses, not because they want to be doing hands-on, but the, the knowledge is important. Got it. That's, that's a good point. So, and that also removes that barrier, like, okay, I don't have IT background, I don't want to take that. Right? Yeah. In fact, it's a um, good place because it allows people who are trying to change employment, especially post-COVID, <laughs> yeah, I'm not, not an IT person, how to get into IT or cloud security. So a, these are opportunities for these type of people. Got it. So, so you always mention CCSK, which I know that it's under the Cloud Security Alliance, but I'm also familiar with this other certification named CCSP, which is from ISC to a cloud certified cloud security pro provider or professional. Um, yeah. Can you tell us more, like, is there a difference between the two? Can anyone just pick and choose? I think, uh, well, one thing to point out is both came from CSA. So we were, we jointly developed the, the other one as well. Which right. and then the ISC Square then went to market it and offered it as a part of its offering. And part of its offering requires certain level of um, experience level because they are certification. We are only a certificate, so we don't claim to certify it, uh, to be a certification where you need to provide information on the continuous uh, SCP and things like that. We don't require. So we only require you to know that this version is CCSK version 3, you've mm -hmm. gone through the course or you've gone through the materials, you're taking the exam, so your knowledge is with respect to that. So our, our view has been, maybe it's too early for certification because cloud mm -hmm. is so fast moving, so you cannot right. certify anybody. It's only with respect to the version of the body of knowledge that will be adequate. Understand. Um, so you've, gave, you've, you've provided this example about a professional, like a lawyer, sort of like studying cloud security. But do you have any advice to young people, I don't know, maybe from under secondary or even in uni currently, who would like to follow your path, like go into cloud security path like you? Like, do you have any tips for them? I think essentially, if you look at the landscape, increasingly with cloud security being, uh, cloud adoption being the main, means there are a lot of enterprises in terms of adoption of IT. If they're doing cybersecurity, so they should also be aware of cloud security because 
one is becoming the other, especially predominantly cybersecurity has a big component of cloud security as organization uses cloud. And also it's important for them to realize that there's a continuation in that you could even go to bigger things. But let me hold that thought for a while. But in the meantime, it's important for the these uh, new young people to go to a cloud to ensure that they're not stuck with CSP-specific training because that will blinkered them in how they look at uh, cloud and cloud security. So as an example, so if you're using a particular one of, big, one of the big four cloud services, CSC, CSP, you don't want to use that as a starting point. What you need is to have a cloud um, CSP neutral or vendor neutral approach to cloud security and cloud computing because that will allow you to have a good foundation, a framework to look at across the different implementation especially with the industry today moving towards multi-cloud or hybrid cloud. So if your, if your starting point is just a particular cloud CSPX, you move to CSPY, you're, you, you are sort of stuck with what you have learned early on. You need to undo a little bit of those. But if you have a very good framework of what is cloud security in general, you probably have an easier time to adapt and understand your, uh, adjust your mindset accordingly. So that's an important point to make. That there's, while there's a value for vendor-specific cloud security, there's also a value to ensure that a good foundation in vendor-neutral cloud security is very important as well. That's awesome. Yeah, um, I think you've also mentioned that keyword like ad adapt, right? You need to ad adapt quickly to the changes, right? Mm -hmm. Like even these cloud security providers, uh, like every year they are <laughs> releasing like new versions and, and services as well. Like I, I can't even catch up, even you know, as a professional myself. So yeah, that's really a challenge. Yeah, I will just tell you an interesting story. I mm -hmm. know of a government agency which sent its staff for training under particular C C CSP. Right. But when they finished the training, they went for the exam, mm. they're all flung. Why? What? Because Why? the materials that were taught were not implemented in the real system for which they had to get a test on. <laughs> the things change. So they yeah, couldn't see how So it's that fast. It's not just change every year. It's very fast a change. So we yeah. even instructor the teach, teach a particular C CSP feature for hands-on. During mm. the class, he was has to be instructed by the the students who was more familiar with the new feature than himself, mm. who was just one one month behind the feature introduction. That's right. how fast it goes. So can you imagine for security features how you need to be came in touch all the time. Right, right. And I'm always curious about that. Like technology has been always been fast changing, but keeps getting faster and faster. Yeah. Um, do you have any, you know, insight, like what is happening with the businesses? Why are they like going you know, every year there's new technology today? Like if we're even talking about like AI, ChatGPT and all that, right? How is it possible that it has been changing so fast? I think along with uh, adoption, you need to assess the risk involved in that technology and its implication, not just from the security perspective, also from a business perspective. So you make sure these are aligned. Because technology is usually, as you know, either process, technology, or people. people yeah. They have to be in line, all these things. You just don't follow the trend because it's they're doing that, then, then, yeah. you, then you get it. So yeah, you need to always consider the risk. If only your people are not up to date, then they'll be in trouble. <laughs> Or your process or all the things or the risk assessment is not in, in line. Yeah. So it's not the issue. It, it's sort of like you have a Ferrari, but no one, you don't know how to drive that because oh, it's just right, too yeah. fast. That's right, absolutely. Good example. 
All right. Um, and I was looking to your because you have a lengthy, you know, CV, right? I've I've noticed like you have drafted the cloud security standard servers virtualization security way way back 2012. My question is, how has the cloud security industry changed over the years, and what do you think the future holds? Oh, it's beyond imagine, imagination. So when we were when I first started more than ten years ago, it was still a debate whether it was a fashion, a fad, or just a buzzword. Yeah, Fast right. forward today, you, that question was never raised anymore. Mm-hmm. In the early days, when we talk about cloud computing, we, we spent our time arguing what, about how the cloud computing is. You talk to 10 people, you get 11 answers. Because the one person can't agree with himself. So that was the situation today. We hardly have this argument or debate anymore. Mm-hmm. But today is trying to ask ourselves what came out and whether we are ready for adoption. So for example, something not introduced not so long ago is like cloud native. It's important mm-hmm. to go cloud native because you need to take advantage of the security comes with developing on the cloud. Mm-hmm. Instead of doing the lift and shift type of approach. But even then that is uh, well it's well argued, it has the there's a risk to cloud native adoption. Why? Because it brings about a risk concentration of mm-hmm. you locking getting locked down, lock in. The technology, right. so that is also an ongoing discussion. So, do we go cloud native or do we not, or do we get ourselves stuck or held hostage by these particular CSPs? So it's exciting time. So we have to continue to address all this issue. Yeah, and talking about that lock-in, that's why I've also seen like organizations, yeah, spinning up you know another instances on another uh, CSP just yeah. to have that multi-cloud Correct. environment. Yeah. resilience, yeah, and safety. Correct. Correct, correct. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, that's about it in terms of my questions. But do you have any final comments or final advice to our listeners, uh, Dr. Uh, Dr. Lee or King Yan? <laughs> so I would say that, as I mentioned, cloud security is evolving to cybersecurity. And because of uh, the activity of the hostile threat actors across border, attacking government systems and attacking critical information infrastructures, cybersecurity is increasingly become national security. So the line, this continu- continuation line is blurring. Mm. So as, as I said, the young people who gets into cloud security or cybersecurity will eventually be dealing with national security. Because a lot of IT systems are about uh, national uh, systems like a water system, transport system, and things like that, that we need to be able to secure them. Yeah, so it's exciting time for young people that is a good industry to go in because there's great demand and great shortage. That's awesome. Thank you so much for joining us today, Dr. Lee. That was absolutely incredible. A lot of insights and very inspirational at the same time. Uh, To our listeners, if you'd like to learn more about Dr. Lee and his work, you can find more information on their website, cloudsecuritialliance.org. Be sure to subscribe to our Asa CISO podcast, and I hope you have an amazing day. Thank you so much, Dr. Lee. Thank you very much. Bye. Thank you. Thanks, everyone.